Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I want to uh, share on the title, uh, which I've, the message is entitled today, The Battle. The Battle. Everyone say The Battle. battle. I wonder today, are you hungry for the word? Yeah. Yeah. Are you hungry? Really? Turn to the one next to you and say, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Turn to the other one. I'm hungry. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And before I start, turn to the one on the other side and say, if it wasn't for you, I'd be the best looking person in the room. Yeah. There you go. A couple of weeks ago, we were leaving, uh, getting ready to leave the Philippines and we were going to have lunch with... Uh, friends of ours, they're expats working in the Philippines from Sri Lanka. Uh, my friend's name is uh, Dilranjan, and uh, him and his wife Cindy have become quite good friends. He's a businessman, travels all over Asia selling um, medical clinic, uh, medical clinic, medical equipment, and uh, he's a, a great, a great businessman and become very good friends. And we were going to have lunch with them. And uh, because we were leaving the next day, and after church, uh, he he came to me and he had this this strained look on his face, and he said, "Oh, we can't do lunch today." I said, "Oh, no, that's fine." You know, I assumed something must have happened. He said, "I I just got a phone call from um, Sri Lanka, and his brother, whom he was really really close to, every." Every Saturday, their family in different parts of the world would, would go on Zoom and have a prayer meeting. And he was really close to his younger brother, uh, maybe a couple of years younger. And uh, his younger brother uh, and his wife were on their way to church um, that morning. And they got hit by another car and his brother was killed instantly. And uh, his sister-in-law was uh, unconscious uh, in a coma in, in hospital. And their son, who's 13 years of age, was to be in the car with them. But he decided to leave early for church and caught the bus. And so they had a 13-year-old son. And I remember looking at the, uh, uh, his face and, and, and there was the stress there. And uh, I said to him, um, you know, how are you doing with this? And he's quite a strong man and he said, it's really, really, really a battle. He said, but, but we'll get through this. And I thought, wow, that, that's a man who, who's strong-minded and his brother was so incredibly close to him. And, um, and of course, we prayed with him and, and been contacting him every day since. And um, I thought about it and I thought, you know, we all face battles, don't we? In fact, it was only... Two or three days before that, uh, we were in a camp, a men's camp together, about 300 men uh, at a men's camp. And I told him about the time when my sister, who was 30 years of age, she's just 18 months younger than me, died in a car accident uh, here in Australia. Little did I know that just two days later, he would hear, hear the news of his uh, brother being killed in a, in a very similar way. And... I thought about it as I was thinking about the message today about how we all face battles in our life. You face battles. And, and the older you get, the more battles you have to face. 
uh, in life. Things happen in life. But it's how you respond to those battles. It's how you, you overcome during those times which determine um, uh, how you move forward in life, which determine your trust and faith in God during those situations. You see, the battles that uh, we, we have begin in our thinking. It all starts. Things happen and then our minds begin to um, uh, do crazy things sometimes or, or begin to control our, our actions and our thoughts. I, I want to read uh, at the beginning of the message from 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. Uh, it says this. <coughs> For though we live in a world, we do not wage war with the world, uh, war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they, are divine, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We see here, this verse is talking about war, weapons and prisoners. And we are actually in a battle in our life. And it's very, very important for us to understand that and to know what we need to do. Now, this battle that we're in is something that we face for our entire life. We might come through a battle and then things might be good and then something else happens and then we come through that and then something else happens. And the way we respond to these battles that happen in life, and the older you get, the more battles you'll face, the way we respond to them will determine how we move forward in our life. I'm reminded of the story of Joseph in the Bible, <coughs> a man who had an incredible life. Uh, it says in Genesis 41 and verse 52, and uh, this is Joseph talking about when he, he named his second son. And, and it says this, And the name of his second he called Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Do you know, we can be fruitful even in the midst of affliction. We can have a life that is a fruitful life in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the battle, just like Joseph did. And, and so I, I had a quick think about the life of Joseph. And I thought, well, Joseph had many battles. When he was a young man, he had to have, uh, go through the battle of pride. How many people here are proud? Too proud to put up your hand, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had to face the battle of pride. He was his father's favorite son. His father made him a coat of many colors. He had dreams that, that, uh, where he told his brothers that one day you're going to bow down to me. He was an arrogant, little, smart person. And, uh, and he had to battle that that pride in his life. And we all have that, don't we? We all have times when we, you know, we think we're a bit of all right. And uh, we have to battle with that, that pride. You know that battle begins in the head. When we think that we are something we are not. And we all have to face those battles. And so Joseph had to face that battle. Thank you. <coughs> That's awesome. I'll just grab that. 
You must have had a word of knowledge, did you, brother? Yeah. Thank you. Have you drunk out of this, or is this the one I drank earlier? Praise God. The lid's not on it for the musicians. Don't knock it when you're coming back. So he had to face the battle of pride. And, of course, what that did to him, that made his brothers very jealous, and they took him and they threw him in a pit. He then had to face the battle of unfairness. Have you ever been treated unfairly? One or two of you. Yeah. We all have at different times. How, how do you respond in that situation? Well, Joseph really didn't have a, uh, any opportunity to do anything because he was trapped there. But his mind would have been thinking, this is not fair. I've been separated from my family. I'm, my brothers have done the wrong thing by me. So he had to face the battle of unfairness. And that battle for him would have been in his mind at the beginning. And then he was taken and sold as a slave, separated from his family, probably never ever to see them again, sold as a slave in Egypt, where he began to <coughs> live his life and he began to be fruitful in what he did as a slave and uh, he became the head of Potiphar's house. And Joseph, of course, was a very handsome man and uh, Mrs. Potiphar had a few problems and, uh, and she had eyes for him. And um, the Bible says every day uh, she, would, she would come to him to tempt him. So he faced the battle of temptation or purity. And we all face that in our life from time to time. Temptation comes along. It could be in any area of life. But it's a battle we all have to face. And that battle begins up here. Uh, in our mind and it's outworked in our actions as we either resist or we yield to that temptation. <coughs> and then he was falsely accused and thrown into jail and he had to face the battle of disappointment. You know, there are people here today, I believe that um, things have happened in your life and you've been very, very disappointed and you've struggled to get over that. I believe that God wants you to know that he sees your heart, that he, he, he sees uh, what you're going through, he sees what happened to you, and today God wants to uh, touch you and set you free from the bondage that has held you captive uh, through that situation in your life. And so he, here he was in jail, and he interpreted the dream for the baker and, and the cupbearer. And of course, you know, the cupbearer, the, the baker went to see his maker and, and, and die and got taken out. But the cupbearer went back to Pharaoh and Joseph said, make sure you tell Pharaoh about me. And so what did the cupbearer do? He went back, got his old job back. Everything's fantastic. And <coughs> what happened? The cupbearer forgot about Joseph. And so there was the battle of disappointment where you think, oh, this is my way out, and it didn't happen. And then, of course, you know, a couple of years later, he was called when the cupbearer remembered, um, thanks for the memories, you know, and, uh, and then called, uh, the pharaoh called Joseph uh, to interpret the dream. And, you know, Joseph actually saved the nation, saved the, the whole region in that area. And Joseph had a different kind of a battle, and that was the battle of success. You know, sometimes the battle of success 
in life is far greater than the battle of disappointment because that's when we don't need God. i got a friend uh, who lives in Manila. He's an expat and um, he is from Sweden and uh, he, was, he was a businessman and made millions and millions of dollars. Uh, he uh, was incredibly successful. He lived in Singapore for, for many years and uh, he started a business and he said in the first year uh, it became a hundred million uh, US dollar business and, and things were going so well for him he, and he was a Christian and he said to God, God, you are, you are really awesome but I'm pretty good too. And you know what? He lost everything. Just lost everything. And he said to me, uh, maybe two months ago when, when we were talking, um, he said, you know, success is, is harder often than, than, than um, times of disappointment. And so um, God, he had to repent and come back to God and God is slowly um, picking him up again. But the battle, the battle of success, and maybe you're being blessed by God, Make sure that you keep your eyes upon God in this season because it will be a battle that will start in your mind. The devil will come and say, you know, did God really say that um, you have to go to church now that you're really, really wealthy? Did God say you can't eat of that forbidden fruit? Did God say? And so it's the battle that we face in our mind. And then, of course, finally with Joseph, he faced the battle of revenge. He had the opportunity to take his brothers out, those that had, had unfairly treated him, <coughs> separated him from his family, done uh, terrible things to him. He had the chance to seek revenge. But when they came to him, basically begging for mercy after the father had died, he said, am I in the place of God? For God allowed that to happen so that we could all be um, free and uh, able to survive the famine. So Joseph ended up winning uh, the battle of revenge. And so like Joseph, God, I believe, <coughs> wants us to work our way through the battles of life so that we can uh, come out victorious. Now, these battles that we face are all, are all begin in our minds. So our mind is the target of the battle. That's my first point. Our mind is the target of the battle. And the object of the battle, uh, as far as the devil is concerned, is to control your mind, is to control your thinking. And, and what we need to do, because we have to understand it's a battle, we need to set up a, a, bar a, a barrier or a perimeter of truth around our minds so that when we're attacked, then we are able to uh, force off those attacks of the devil. You see, the enemy of the battle, of course, is the devil. We're not fighting against natural causes. Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities, against powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So the devil and all of his spiritual forces are out to attack us. They are the enemy. <coughs> and we must be aware of the weapons that the devil uses. 
Because awareness in a battle is so very, very important. It says in Ephesians 6, 16, In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Now, that tells me the devil is out to fire arrows at us or bullets uh, at us to uh, wound us, to cause us to doubt God. And some of those arrows are unforgiveness, Lust, anger. I've never heard a church so quiet. (laughs) Let me go on, there's more. Dishonesty, compromise, discouragement, offence, pride, drunkenness, greed, impurity. The devil's gone, twing! twing, twing, firing all these at us. We have to hold up the shield of faith and we'll talk about that, what we do against, uh, to win the battle uh, in a moment. But, <coughs> but all of these things, the devil is constantly firing at us, at our minds. <coughs> Everybody cough. <coughs> That's good. Okay. He's firing these things at us and we need to be aware of them so we can hold up the shield of faith against them. So our mind is the target. We need to understand our mind is the target because if the devil can make us think something that is not, then he'll get us to do something we shouldn't do. The devil made Adam and Eve think that God didn't say they couldn't eat of the tree. But when they finally succumbed and they believed the devil, they ate of the fruit and death entered their bodies and entered mankind. So our mind is the target. Our peace is the prize. Our peace is the prize because the devil wants to rob us of our peace. If the devil can cause... Uh, the arrow of unforgiveness to hit us and then a bitterness begins to well up within us. What goes first? Our peace. And all those little arrows we talked about, peace is the prize the devil is after. You see, peace is a still heart in the midst of a storm. Peace is determined by who is in control of our lives says in Romans 8 and verse 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So my question to you today is this, is God in control of your thoughts or is anger, bitterness, lust, unforgiveness, greed, Offences, impurity, are those the things that are in control of your thoughts? If they are, then today is the best day you'll ever experience because you're in a place where God's going to deal with some of these things in uh, our lives. You see, God blesses his people with peace, even in the midst of the storm. It says in uh, Psalm 29, 11, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. So Lord gives strength and he blesses 
with peace. I remember in 1980, uh, maybe, maybe 84, I got up one day, we were missionaries in the Philippines, and I got up and, and I got the paper and I uh, saw the headlines on the paper, Manila Bank Closed. Now, Manila Bank was the second biggest bank in the Philippines, and we had all of our money in that bank. And just overnight, it was closed. The president had an argument with the owner of the bank and, and, and shut the bank closed. So all of our money was trapped in the bank. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to allow this to rob me of my peace. So we prayed, we believed God, and, and through miracles we managed to, to get through um, that really difficult time in a foreign nation uh, where all of our money was just all of a sudden taken from us. And uh, I <coughs> was determined not to allow that to, to get the better of me. And, you know, God helped us. We came through, and it was a blessing. And, uh, and then the money was always trapped there, and it became a joke in our family. Oh, Manila Bank, that's where the old man lost all the money, you know. And so um, maybe about three years ago, my son had a guy come to him in his church in Manila, and, and he said, oh, can I have lunch with you? Uh, he was an older man. And, uh, and my son yeah, said, sure. So they worked it out, and they're having lunch together. My son was asking him, he said, so tell me about your life. And the guy said, well, you know, I've been in the banking industry uh, for most of my life. Um, I was uh, the vice president of Manila Bank. And, uh, and my son laughed. He said, <laughs> that's a family joke, Manila Bank. He said, my dad lost all of our money in Manila Bank. And the guy said, really? He said, yeah. And the guy said, what was his name? And so he, he said, why? He said, well, give me his name. I might be able to get it for him. And this was 35 years after the bank had been closed. So my son gave him my name and, and uh, he, he looked it up. He said, I think I can get the money. And so um, I had to do an affidavit and my son had to go with this guy. And the short of the long was that the, the bank was closed, the money was taken and put into trust into China Bank and it had been there all those years and my money was in China Bank all those years and this guy found it and uh, 35 years later, my son walked into the, the, the top floor of the bank with this guy and they gave it all back to him in cash. There was a US dollar account, peso account, um, with 35 in, uh, years of interest. Isn't that something? Have you ever heard of a bank that's been closed for 35 years giving money to somebody? Well, you've heard now. And, and uh, so when we think that God doesn't care, God does care. Amen? God does care. And those who understand compounding interest will know that that's not a bad deal. <coughs> So, so many people are tormented by lack of peace with things that happen in their life. I remember there, there was a man in the church many years ago I was preaching and I had a word of knowledge about a guy whose peace was being robbed. He couldn't sleep at night. In fact, I could see a picture of him rolling over at night and just, and I had the word of knowledge and at the end of the service, the guy came out and said, I'm that man. 
And I prayed for him. A week later, he came back to the church. He said, you know, I haven't slept so well in years. Well, the Holy Spirit touched him and, and set him free and gave him the peace that he, that he needed and the peace that God wants us all to experience. You see, peace will guard our hearts and guard our minds. Philippians 4, 6 said, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, <coughs> which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So let's allow the peace of God to guard our hearts. So our mind is the target, our peace is the prize, <coughs> but the plan is to win the battle. My third point, the plan is to win the battle. And the way we do that is we know who our enemy is. Know your enemy. That's one of the, the strategies of war. You can't win a war if you're shooting your own people. How many people remember the Falklands War? You remember that? The greatest battle back in 1981 when the British and Argentina uh, fought over the Falkland Islands, the, the, the most vicious battle the British faced during that war was when they were firing at each other and they thought that the enemy was there and they, they were shooting each other up. And uh, so you have to know your enemy if you're going to win the battle. You see, stealth is one of the greatest weapons of war. That's why they spend billions of dollars you know, designing all these stealth aeroplanes and ships and, and all of that so the enemy won't know who they are or where they are. And it's the same in the Garden of Eden when God said, did God really say? See, the devil disguised the truth. And so we have to know that the devil comes as an angel of light. The devil doesn't come dressed in a red suit and a pitchfork and go, ha! If he did that, we'd go, ooh! And we'd have nothing to do with him. He comes as an angel of light. He comes as, as, as something that seems so good. Well, why does he do that? Because he's not an idiot. <laughs> it's only the idiots that dress him up in a red suit and a pitchfork. The, de the devil comes dressed as an angel of light. Don't be deceived. We have to recognize the lies. <coughs> you see, disinformation is a tactic of war. Disinformation. When we were in the Philippines during the revolution in 1986 when the Marcos government was ousted. Incidentally, uh, his son is now the president of the Philippines, believe it or not. Um, but um, during the four days of the revolution, um, the, the, the people that were trying to take over the government would come on one of the television stations and said, oh, the president and his family left on a plane last night for Hawaii. He's deserted you. He doesn't love you. He realizes how bad he was and uh, his time is over. And then we switched the channel to the other one. And there's the president with the, today's paper in front of him saying, no, no, I haven't left. I'm here. I'm here. And so disinformation is, uh, and he eventually ended up uh, having to leave anyway. But the, the fact is disinformation, and that's what the devil works on. In our life, disinformation, the devil says lies like, you're too old, you're too poor, you're too dumb, you're not pretty enough. You'll never succeed. It's too risky to have a go at trying that. <coughs> and so often we tend to believe the lies. But what should we do? How do we win um, the battle? Well, let me give you, how many people want to know? 
This is the secret. You ready for it? Everyone cough first. <coughs> I'll have a quick sip. Hang on. If you've got a bottle of water, have a sip. Okay, here it is. Take prisoners. Take prisoners. Every, capture every negative thought. It says in 2 Corinthians 10 and uh, verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Every prisoner that you take in the war lessens the firepower of the enemy so that the enemy has less firepower to come against you because you've captured that negative thought and you've made it captive. And so, here we go. Uh, the musician can come and, and play uh, music that will, will help me here at this point. So our mind is the target. Our peace is the prize. The plan is to win. And the key, listen is to hold our position. It's no use winning the battle and then all of a sudden losing everything that we've gained. So the key is to hold our position. And this is the call to action part of the sermon. Are you ready for it? The first thing is we need to know who we are in Christ. Colossians 2, 9 says, For in Christ... All the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. You have Christ in you. The power of the universe is within us. We have to recognize that. So when the devil comes, he has no power against us if we know who we are in Christ. Secondly, <coughs> be guided by the Spirit of God. Be guided by the Spirit of God. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Wow. What a great powerful verse. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Here's another very important key. Guard your thoughts. Philippians 4 and verse 8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Remember the battle is where? In the mind. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You see, thoughts are like birds that fly over our head. Wrong thoughts are like birds that fly over our heads. We can't stop those thoughts from, from, you know, flying over our heads or maybe thinking them, but we can stop those birds from nesting in our hair. Right? Because what happens when a bird comes and nests in, their, in our hair, then they begin to lay eggs. <laughs> and then more birds. And so... Uh, more bad thoughts. And so um, don't be condemned by thoughts, temptations, but don't allow that to uh, nest in, in your head or in your mind. Um, but, but shoo it away. It'll go if you 
are determined to do it and determined to do that before it actually, uh, those thoughts come. You won't stop the thoughts, but you can take them captive. Here's another thought. Cleanse your mind with God's word. Ephesians 5, 25 and 26 talks about washing of the word, uh, cleansing by uh, the word of God. Our minds and our hearts are cleansed by the word of God. Make the word of God part of your life every day. You know, for decades, <coughs> my wife and I get up early in the morning and we, we read the word of God, we pick a verse and we journal it and we share it with each other. And that has been one of the, the stabilizing factors in my Christian experience. For that's the time that God fills my heart with his word and strength to be able to face the battles of life. One more thought. Be alert and stand firm. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 13 says, Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. So be on guard. And finally, and I notice you're doing a series on prayer from what I picked up, that um, <coughs> pray. Jesus in the garden said this in Matthew 26, 41. He said, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So what should we do? Watch and pray. See, this weapon has divine power to win over temptation, to win over those thoughts that fly above, you know, pray and uh, discard them. Temptation begins in the mind and is outworked through our, our bodies. <coughs> so in conclusion, and everyone went, I'm getting hungry. In conclusion, today we've discovered that the battle is focused on our minds. We know that the prize of the battle is our peace, but there's a plan in the Word of God to win that battle and the key is to hold on to victory. Can you imagine being free from painful thoughts that hinder you? We can all have thoughts of pain, things that had painful things that have happened in the past. They're thoughts, but painful thoughts are thoughts that people hang on to. Imagine being free from that. Imagine being free from discouragement. Imagine being free from negative thoughts. Imagine being able to have a calm mind when everything around you is stormy. Can you imagine being free from anxiety? And, you know, I know there are people here today that, you know, as I've been speaking, God's been touching your heart. And I, I want to pray for you today because I believe that God is going to do something in people's lives. So let me say this. We need to win the battle before it gets momentum. And in order to do that, first of all, we have to say yes to Jesus. Amen? Maybe you're here and you know about God, but you don't really know God. Let me encourage you today to surrender your life to Christ because that's where we uh, have all of the help and the strength of God to help us in the battle in our minds that we receive. Why don't we stand together? Let's all stand together just for a moment. Why don't we close our eyes for a moment? I'm going to pray in just a moment. You know, it says in Romans 10 and verse 9 and 10, it said, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. 
For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, then this is what I want to encourage you to do right now is, is confess your sins to God, believe in your heart and receive Christ. Believing in our heart and receiving Christ, a, a declaration of faith. If that's you today, if you're here and you've perhaps never done that, then I want to pray for you right where you are. Nobody's looking around or maybe you've known God in the past and you've slipped away from him and God has been challenging you this morning in the meeting. If, if that's you today, um, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to be able to see who you are so I can pray for you right where you are. Do you want to put up your hand and just put it down again so that I can, can see you and then I'm going to uh, pray for you. Is, is there someone? Just lift that hand up so that I, I can see it. Yes. Okay, good. Why don't we all put our hands on our heart right now and just pray this prayer after me. Maybe you, you meant to raise your hand as well and you didn't, but pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you to, today and I confess that I've sinned and I ask you to forgive me. I receive your forgiveness in my heart right now and I thank you for changing my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.